0: Some brands are legendary. In every category, someone sets the standard and some companies create raving fans. Join Scott Wozniak and Caitlin Johnson of Swaz Consulting as we dig into the tactics and tools behind great organizations. How did the legends do it? And how can you become a legendary brand too? Welcome to the Swaz podcast, Make Your Brand Legendary. Uh, today, I am joined by Caitlin Johnson. But actually, what I want to talk about today is one of your specialties mm-hmm. that when we get into client work, and, and honestly, I, if you don't mind me previewing, you're in the middle of writing a book on. Well, maybe maybe closer to the end than the middle. Yes. We'll see. Um, oh, it's exciting. I want to talk about gamification today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for context, for those of you have been listening, right? We've had all these really cool conversations about this customer experience engine and creating raving fans and and all the different systems of the engine from customer insight to personalized service to these memorable moments. And it's beautiful. Maybe maybe you've got this grand vision. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see it. And the challenge we often run with our clients is like, great, cool vision, read the book, right? Watch the videos. I mean, this is cool. Yeah. How do I actually get my people Ow. to do this?
1: Thank right. You. Yeah. Magic it, word is how.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the quote that I love slash hate is uh every great idea eventually degenerates into hard work. Like, dang <laughs> it. Um <laughs> and where I've seen you go, and you and I both had a lot of conversations and client stuff with this, it's uh it most people think of like, you know, you you crack the whip and you drive them hard and you you squeeze tighter and And actually, I think the most powerful way to get people engaged is to turn it into a game and do some gamification out of this. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gamification just allows for the space and freedom to be creative. You know, you were mentioning about getting people to know what to do. And that is first and foremost, meaningful gamification when it's used well. That's where you start, trying to identify what is the epic meaning to play. Mm. Because when we think about playing games, what games come to mind, Scott?
0: Well, oh, yeah. If you want to start about uh, typical American games, I mean, we probably think about Monopoly, uh, uh-huh. Uno, shoots and Ladders that uh-huh. I play with kids, right?
1: Uh, right. All those board games that we started with as kids but now though kids are playing video games Mm. so we've got super mario brothers we've got zelda there's animal crossing and then you know when you're becoming a teenager first person shooters like it gets like there's a lot of different varieties of digital games and one of the first things that game designers will do is try to identify the reason to play Mm. what is going to be that epic reason a person and let me tell you that majority of the people that play games are over 18. In yeah, the
0: United States, it's a mindset shift for a lot of mm-hmm. leaders. Because most mm-hmm. of the let's say my generation and older, I'm right on the edge, right? Me mm-hmm. i kind of one foot on each generation here, but just above me and older, games are the things for little kids. And now that I'm an adult, I don't play these kind of games anymore. But but the majority of gamers are not little kids anymore. Um,
1: That's exactly right. Right. It's a, it's so they're big, going after that bigger reason. What What do I need to know to do? What, why am I playing? And why I'm going to keep playing?
0: Yeah. Let's, so let me just underline this know. really. This is a, a insight and aha that, that I don't know, 10 years ago came for me and it was that like so much of leadership and management, especially the first school and people kind of, you know, culture I was raised in leadership wise was a, a distrustful one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the leader's job is to like force people to work punishments and rewards because the assumption underneath it all was people don't want to do a good job. People want to mm-hmm. do a sloppy and bad a job as they possibly can. And you have to drive them and force them. And if you don't have the right punishments and rewards, left to themselves they will do a bad job and then there's this right. huge mindset shift like no people intrinsically want to do things well they like to show up well they want to win they like mm-hmm. well. what often happens is they don't feel like they can they don't have the tools and we're going to get into some of this stuff but there's a there's an assumption i want to challenge if you're listening and you think leadership management organizations you know system team building if you still have this my people are a problem and I have to make them show up with excellence. that's There is a way to design the way you, you put your team and pull stuff that taps into their intrinsic desires, their mm-hmm. natural drives to show up and do this with excellence. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not about fighting your team, making them do it. It's about unlocking their natural curiosity, their natural drive to win and pointing it in the right direction. It is really a different way of thinking.
1: Mm -hmm. So I heard two things that you're saying there too, when you bring it back to video games and gamification, there's character strengths under understanding a person's character and how to get them to understand how they use those character strengths. You know, when you start a video game, you pick a character and that character doesn't usually have strong skills. But as they advance throughout the game, they level up, they get more experience and then they use their strengths more often. So there's that piece of the equation. As leaders, we need to understand how to optimize the character. And then the other piece goes back to that epic meaning. So what I wanna talk here for a minute about is what does epic meaning translate to in organizations, in operational excellence? And what it translates to is what does your business stand for? What is the mission? What are the values that you're going after? That's what millennials and future generations are looking for to connect to the meaning behind the organization. Why do I wanna clock in and out for you? Help me see how I can use my strengths to conquer your mission and feel like I'm leveling up in life at the same time because I'm growing. So there's there's almost three things there, right? It's the epic mission and vision and values. There's leveraging your team and individual strengths, and there's being able to create growth opportunities, and that's what video games do. When you think about starting fresh, level one, you're understanding the narrative. What does the end game look like? How do I become the hero? And how do I use my strengths? And if I don't have them, how do I go on different quests and challenges
0: Build them? To get them? Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. This mm-hmm. this is this is so good cuz people think like oh why do i need to pretend that i'm a game at work and I, no really think about this the reason video games are big and by the way if you guys don't know as a, as a video game nerd let me let me share with some of this the video game industry is bigger than the movie industry it's bigger than the music industry in fact it's bigger than both of them put together in fact wow. the video game industry is twice as big as movies and music combined it is by far the largest entertainment industry in the world. It is massive. We just wow. don't think about it because it's all these little bitty things embedded the phone game, my kids playing here, mm-hmm. the PlayStation console. But when you aggregate all the video games and think about now, so why? Why am I talking about that? Is because. Really, it's not about the games. It's not video games are this weird little niche some people are into. What Video games have tapped into some fundamental human drives, mm-hmm. just like you talked about. This this desire to be a part of a bigger story, that's a human thing. That, that mm-hmm. has existed long before video games were invented. Uh, and when there's a whole new genre and video games don't exist anymore someday in the future there still will be this human desire to say, I am living a part of a story that's bigger than myself. There's more mm-hmm. than just, I want to feel good today, right? So this is what why people get excited about these games. They're not just a random game anymore. It's not, it's not Tetris. Tetris was cool and clever, but the reason sure. we don't play Tetris anymore is all the games you mentioned are an invitation into a story. I get to mm-hmm. be someone, be a part of something bigger. That same fundamental human drive you can tap into in your organization to say there's a mm-hmm. bigger story going on and we're doing something in the world that I can be proud of. And I, I'll just react, say a lot of times we work with our clients on this. Um, and they're like, oh, I mean, listen, maybe that if you're a children's hospital, you know, good for you. Right. But right.
1: We, yeah. We, we, don't we don't have play games. No,
0: like, listen, right. I spent years working at Chick-fil-A and they have really made a tremendous job of saying, Hey, what we're doing is making the world a better place. They talk about being an oasis in a world of stress. Um, they talk about the root word for restaurant comes from the same root word as restore for restoration. Oh, It mm -hmm. it really is the same root word. So a restaurant is supposed to be a place of restoration where emotionally and physically, I just kind of refuel and it's this. listen, is fried chicken, (laughs) salad, right? Like it's literal fast food yeah Chick Fil A Chick-fil-A can talk about their purpose. Uh, you can talk mm-hmm. about purpose. Uh, I mean, like, Absolutely. no offense. Uh, I'm probably going to lose half our listeners right now, but I'm like, you don't actually need milkshakes. That is not <laughs> life purpose, right? Um, right. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah, felt but, like I needed a milk yeah. sometimes. But... You
1: you've nailed it though, Scott, because people are looking to connect to that bigger purpose yes. and growth. I was just reading some research where. The number one reason now people are leaving a job is because of lack of growth opportunities Mm -hmm. lack of development i've also read something else that said millennials will move after two years in a position because lack of growth opportunities so when you think about how do we grow our people how do we retain them by connecting them to meaningful work there is some what what was that thing you said about you have to eventually do hard work?
0: Like yeah, there is that that's every the hard great work idea right? eventually yeah. degenerates into hard work.
1: Yeah. That's the hard work, upfront hard work that is needed to be able to create connection with employees, to work that employee engine and to eventually get to your customer engine of deep seated thinking. Why are we here? What is the purpose of our I mean. business and why do we want people to work for us? Cuz that's yeah. what I will say, be speaking as a millennial. That is what I want. I want you to tell me why I should work for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so this is one of the aspects of gamification: Mm -hmm. is what is the bigger story purpose? What role, what character or role do I get to play in this story? I'm not just a, a random figure, like why, what are we doing? And, and all that stuff. And then you're talking about some of the others. We talk about growth in uh, game terms. We talk about kind of you know leveling up your character, or mm-hmm. even simple things. So some of these epic games you get into game nerd world. You're like role playing games where like it literally have a character gets experience and hits level two and unlocks. And but you can even have stuff like Mario, like Super Mario Brothers. Right? Let, let's go mm-hmm. old school here. Um, they don't, you don't level up your character officially, but you totally can get like those stars and mushrooms and. and oh, no. there's other things Sorry. you can
1: collect. Yeah. Okay. So now here's something you're going into too. Is like all of the different layers okay. of a game. Okay. So there's different layers of a game because you can finish. You can know how to finish. Mario needs to walk and yeah. jump and get That's to right. the you end. get
0: the right? flagpole and win the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: That's exactly right. But there's challenges along the way. There's uh, coins you can collect. There's little enemies that you can jump on. And, and then even too, if you have like the fancy systems, you can play with other people yeah. socially, right? Or grab Luigi because you have a brother or a sister or a parent even that is wanting to play with you. So let's talk about these layers and the behind the scenes root reason why you would add these layers. So intrinsically, games tap into a motivation for us to want to play. It's mm-hmm. fun, but we also get to achieve different things in different ways. And there's four types of game player types.
0: Okay. Yeah, because right? not everybody has exactly the same drives or interests. I mean, there's all Correct. humans want to be a part of a story, but but we don't all play yes. the same games the same way.
1: Yeah, we're motivated differently. So we now, as a game designer, need to think about those core motivational ways and then build the tactics to meet the need. So the first motivational way to play is called a killer. And I always kind of cringe even at that name. It's like, (laughs) oh, gosh. like. But let me tell you, the people who identify with being super competitive, so competitive that they've maybe read the directions and they know now the gray areas, right? Mm. They understand. Well, didn't say I couldn't do that, and they're just maybe super strategic. They understand how to manipulate or work around the system to be able to win. And when I talk to people who have this intrinsic motivator, like they're so proud of it, and really, they in an organization.
0: I'm, I'm in an organization. I know. I'm, I
1: know, Scott. <laughs> I, I know I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you.
0: Uh, yeah, you
1: yeah. do. I might be a killer. One. I mean, you I don't know
0: be. if I like the term either, but dang it. I might be proud of all those details as well. So yeah, keep See, going. Keep going.
1: We've got to come up with a new name
0: for it. Dominator
1: baby. Dominator. Yeah. Oh, I'm cool with yes. Dominating. Um, yes. Okay. I like Dominator. Yeah. Yeah. So the, here's the thing. Those individuals in an organization, you could look at them as very competitive, maybe even be intimidated by them, but oh, couldn't we be curious about how they're viewing something? Let's say we're rolling out a new project and you have a dominator on the team, that dominator is going to start poking holes and finding ways to maybe work around the system, game the system. And wouldn't it be great to ask them, how would you go about this?
0: Yeah. How questions I'm always. how far can we go? How Mm -hmm. big says we can't do that? Why not pull it off this way? And like, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's not, uh, it's not the minimum. I'm always trying to say, what's the maximum I can pull out of this. Um, mm-hmm. what, what mm-hmm. are the ranges? If I, if I can do this, which turns into this, which is like, oh yeah. And so, yes, yeah, yeah. Which, um, yes, I want to win. I what's the highest dadgum score you can get. What's the farthest, the, who's the top dog on the leaderboard. Right. Okay. Got yeah. it. i I'm going for, I'm always good. Literally one of my life core values. I've written out my core values. One of them, mm-hmm. this is my more gentle way of saying it, Caitlin is go for gold. Like go for gold. I never mm-hmm. aim for an acceptable outcome. I'm always like, what is the best possible thing you could do? Maybe better than anyone else has done. Um, mm-hmm. a little sub description I talk about the, have the audacity to try to be the best in the world when you do something.
1: Absolutely. Go for so it, if like, you can find if you can find those folks in your organization that go for the gold, how amazing would it be to have them upfront beta testing a new program or oh. system, you know, and have them say like, "What else could we possibly do with this?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dominator, I love that term. I'm trading out Killer for Dominator. Take it. Done. Nice. Yep. Uh, I, I next one. I, I can own that one. Okay. The next one is Achiever. So the achiever, as the word alludes to, you know, they want the highest scores. They want to collect all the coins in Mario. They want all the stars. They want to achieve the title and of uh, so top of the leaderboard, just like a dominator would be. They want to, they want to have the top, but they're collecting everything along the way. They're enjoying the trophy. They want to share that they've made it to that level with other people. Mm-hmm. So for this individual, it's all about the journey of uh, collection and achieving big things.
0: Yeah. And I think some of my comments, um, I think I have some of this as well. I, we're celebrating <laughs> here. you got fun balloons on the screen. We're recording. Um, I think for me, I have some Achiever layered in there as well. So um, mm-hmm. totally, yes. But, but it's different. There, there's a slightly different drive. Like sometimes I just, I mean, I, you know. I, I like playing with my friends who are also aggressive like this. In some of the- <laughs> For the record, my wife and I will play games, but not this way. Cause she is uh, the, uh, an anti-dominator um, mm, mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. with my buddies who get it. We, we legitimately enjoy, like if I, I half joke that it's half the fun is grinding my opponent under my heel and be like, "I crushed you this time." Mm-hmm. It's Okay, he's going to crush me next time, and I'm mature enough not to freak out. Um, right, ten year old Scott uh, needed to learn that lesson. Yeah. But, but, exactly. but the achiever side is like, I I don't want to crush you. I just want to like check what are all the things to do. I want to get the highest scores. Check the boxes, yes. and I I've some of that as well. I totally mm-hmm. relate here.
1: Yes. So for me, I relate to achiever first. Now, I think
0: you're more achiever than I am.
1: Yeah. So Scott, let me pause here for a minute because I've said there's four different personality, like intrinsic you know, ways people play games. You're saying you're the dominator. I'm saying I'm an achiever. So does that mean we are categories? You know, are we a title? That's who am I I stuck? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely not. So, what I found in 10 years of using gamification to help organizations build impactful programs that not only get results, but also increase associate engagement. What I have found is that depending on the environment, we will then connect to a certain game player type. So, the environment changes usually what we're motivated by. That's why when we're designing, Programs we want to consider all four player types. Yeah, I will connect the most to achiever.
0: Yes, but, but I would say all four. These are all fundamental human drives. At some mm-hmm. level, all of us want to accomplish something, or we all like a little bit of comp- competition and winning. That's a human thing. Um, my right. wife still likes to win. Don't get me wrong, but um mm-hmm. but she much more motivates to the cooperative side of the game than the the crush each other side of the game. But, but I still like cooperation and she still doesn't mind beating me. Um,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. To
0: Take her and scrabble, dang it. But, uh, (laughs) but, but that being said, yes. uh, I, and I would say contextually that, that makes it. So all these things we can all adjust, we grow and change over time, totally get it. So it's not an either or it's like, ideally Mm -hmm. stack all four types of motivators in the system. And different people will be called at different intensities. But yeah. Correct. Good, right. good, call, right. good call out. Because
1: I could see a sales organization listening right now. And I would imagine most individuals who are in sales have that dominator slash achiever oh. mentality. So it's like, okay, great. Kaylin and Scott, they just talked about the two game player types that my associates relate most to. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about the other two now, okay? Okay. So Achiever, let me just finish out how I relate to that. So I am a triathlete and I appreciate that challenge because I can achieve multiple things in different sports. It's a great challenge for me. I wear a Garmin watch and Garmin challenges me monthly with different badges to collect.
0: Achievers are in like the best time it's ever been to be alive and be an achiever. You can like Mm -hmm. track and measure and score and chart. It's like... That's right. Achiever crack, man. It's serious business.
1: And it's hilarious because I don't socialize the badges that I win on my Garmin watch. Like it's just in my pack.
0: That's a different (laughs) motivation. It's just because you want to accomplish that. It's for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's for me. All right. So now let's get into the other two player types. So the next one is a socializer. So socializers enjoy playing games with other people. Yes. That is the value. It's the connection. It's the collaboration. It's the partnership. It's how can we do this together?
0: This is my wife all day long.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do we bring that into an organization? Well, I've built games for a Fortune 200 organization where we were using technology and within the technology, we had a chat feature. And in the chat feature, we were sharing best practices of how to increase customer satisfaction. So with that chat feature, it was a chance for socializers to say, hey, this is my 15 minutes of fame. I'm gonna share you know, what I'm doing. And even as I say that, there might be a touch of achiever or a touch of dominator in that, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're sharing so that they can then socialize with others and then also see what are others posting? maybe i can benchmark off of what they're doing and try it myself so it's connecting with the community
0: yeah and there's again for the older listeners or generationally kind of most of the games when i was a young kid and older were not social at all the the mm-hmm. stereotype of the gamer is like the the acne teenager stuck in his basement all by himself like you know right Guys, you've got to understand the biggest growth in games and the world in games now is social games. COVID, especially my kids during COVID, they went and hung out with their friends on their video Mm
1: -hmm. game. That's right.
0: Hey, you want to join us? And like, which Mm -hmm. game we like, like we would say, Hey, you want to go to the park? You want to go to the mall? (laughs) Like, like when I was younger now, it's like, no, no, which game do you want to meet up on? And they go meet up at a game to play. And the game is just an excuse to hang out with each other. Mm -hmm. Like mm-hmm. me and my buddies would go play uh, guns and, and, you know, fake guns, of so nerf guns in the sure. backyard. My son goes and plays uh, Fortnite <laughs> guns. <laughs> game his is, yeah. It's the same game, but it's not my backyard. It's Fortnite. The social aspect of a game is massive these days. Um, mm-hmm. And the social aspect of your company is massive. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. not designing, encouraging, rewarding people, collaborating, even like thumbs up and liking each other and and giving praise to the, look at the cool new job Caitlin did, everybody knows. For some of you you're like I don't care if anyone knows. I did. I did. but there's a huge part of society that that is a massive drive for them. I mean, think about social mm-hmm. media. Social media is basically a big social game, right? Like Yeah, oh hey, gosh, yes. Look at my Christmas pictures. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Did you mm-hmm. I didn't get as many thumbs up for that picture. Maybe we should have funnier Christmas jammies next year, right? I mean, right. <laughs> uh, nobody wins social media in the dominator sense, but you very much can win in the social attention sense.
1: That's right. So if I take this and translate it into business operations again, uh, um, I say an easy way to pull this out is through communication. How are we communicating? A lot of times, as leaders, we just say, "Here's the direction that you need to go and go," but we then don't reinforce, like, "Yes, that's the right track, and we're going to celebrate that we're making small progress, even though we haven't hit the you know the finish line. We haven't finished the game, but you know, in this first quarter, here's how we're doing." And you know what Scott I talk with a lot of leaders about how to effectively communicate and a lot of times I challenge them even if there isn't a change then say there are no new changes keep going we're making great progress let's you know yes. reconnect a lot of times I think as leaders we get uncomfortable like nothing new has changed you know it's the next time for our call or it's our monthly uh town hall what do i oh. say well then you say Nothing new has transpired. You know, let's keep going. It's looking good.
0: Yeah, because there's value in the human connection and the recognition of each other, even if we don't have a new achievement to list. That's but, right. But often, yeah, I've totally seen this. It's like an achievement style leader who says, Well, I've got no new achievements to report. Why are we like, no, no, there's more going on here than you hitting the next benchmark. The, mm-hmm. the the human collaboration is valuable by itself and maybe valuable is better. It's motivating. It's, in, it's, it draws yes. the best out of people. They want to do more work just because they get to talk with each other about it.
1: And they want to know what other people are doing. So if we think about yeah. in the hybrid world, you know, if you have an organization that's hybrid or mostly remote, you have to think about how to verbally communicate and show progress in more ways than you would if everyone was gathered in a building.
0: Yeah, yeah. So socially
1: connecting, mm-hmm.
0: still a fundamental need, even if you don't meet together. So you got to figure it yeah. out. One hundred percent. Okay, so that's, that's three it. of four. What is yes. our fourth category?
1: The fourth is called an explorer.
0: Ah, yes, yes. yes. So the
1: explorers, they know the objective and they will get to the objective. However there might be something shiny that gets their attention and they go left instead of right, or they start questioning, Oh, what well, have we tried this? And they want to tinker and, you know, something new is popping up. And so they, they just want to explore. They want to, I don't know, fill in the blank for me, Scott here. Like they just oh, want to well, My My
0: oldest daughter is a year ish into a game that she is having the best time in the world at. And she is a, peak explorer so she's playing guild wars 2 and there's this massive map and characters and stories and arcs and she literally keeps talking about the new places she gets to go and they designed this game really brilliantly one of the things you can unlock and do is literally they just give you a list of um beautiful vestiges like beautiful views and you just find your way, and you like. I'm gonna make you. There's a tree, and you gotta, there's a little inside of the, the hole in the tree in the bottom, and you climb to the top, and you can pop out the top of the tree at the top of the forest and see this view. There's literally no, no monster to fight, you don't get any skill <laughs> from it. Um, there's no enemy to defeat, like, none, like, what? Yes. There's nobody to talk about. It's just, she loves seeing all of the beautiful places that they design. The next one is like this ice cave with a dragon in it. And Mm. she's like, forget the dragon. I just wanted to see the ice cave. Just seeing what's out there, finding the new races, Mm -hmm. learning the learning journey itself is what she plays the game for. Oh, once in a while, she plays with her friends. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. she's picked up new skills. Hey, she just won a big boss fight. But all of that is secondary to her to the joy of exploring a whole new world of possibilities I, I yeah that's probably a big secondary for me as well like I want to win mm. oh man I just love seeing what's out there
1: see I I passed the baton to you to fill in the Explorer <laughs> because I don't connect with that one very much like if if I have an end game and this is achiever in me calling right mm-hmm. if I know how to win I am laser focused I am sea biscuit going after that finish line, right? Like if there is a magic tunnel somewhere along the way, I'm like, I don't care. I'll come back. Like I got to get to the finish line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, for better and for worse, love the shiny distraction. It's like, Ooh, let's go learn. Um, I, I'll give you the, the thing we joke my daughter about. Um, and she wouldn't mind me telling this. I don't think, um, she's proud about it is she watched a three hour documentary on ancient bread making techniques? Oh, wow. And she talks about, she watched it twice. (laughs) Like why we don't make bread. (laughs) We don't make bread. Like she doesn't have a bread maker just because it's interesting to learn the way we used to do this and how curious, isn't that fun? So Mm -hmm. some of you are like rolling over right now. Like, how are we like, I want my people watching three hour bread. No, no. But she's also the kind of person that thinks up of unusual new things that sit with clients and listen and learn that will sit with other like, well, actually, did you know these two things could, you didn't know Mm -hmm. this part of the organization and this part of the organization are similar. They should collaborate. These people who learn the seemingly random things, she's. The reason she keeps bringing the bread making stuff up is because she's actually talking about small business. She's talking about artisan crafting. Um, oh, She's in the cinematography school right now in college, okay. and she has actually drawn multiple parallels to like what it was like to build a local bakery back in the day, to what it's like to put your own project together. And, mm-hmm. uh, so and you're like, that's an analogy none of us would have thought of, but it's actually really interesting. Um, right. Right. These explorers often look like they're going slower and then they come back Correct. with something that sets you apart, puts you in a category, the rest of the organization, your whole industry like, no one's thinking that way. And the explorers- That's exactly aren't. right.
1: That's like, exactly right. So when you translate it then into business, how are you using the folks that ask too many questions? <laughs> right? Like those ones where you're like, okay, they're not bought in and they keep asking you and it almost feels combative. They're asking you so many different questions. But they're just super curious about how, what else could we do you know what does this look like what if we didn't even do that what if we did something else you're like no no like here would be me I'm like nope that's the plan but then i have to be open too as a leader of there might be an explorer who thought about it or saw it in a completely different light than i did yeah you know and there's a time and a place right like so as an achiever right. I create space to say, hey, let's explore, let's discover, let's talk, let's get all of these personalities in a room and then at the end of the week that time is done, now we need to execute, right? So then yes. the all of
0: these have pros and cons and they all uh, balance each other out, I think. So yeah, you know, sometimes we want to win and sometimes you need to slow down and just have some fun and enjoy mm-hmm. the moment. Sometimes you need to get focused and not get distracted and sometimes... The best stuff is things you weren't planning on and and it, all that. Sometimes you need to be social and sometimes, well, dang it, we need to put our head down and, and do some mm-hmm. serious work that isn't uh, anyone else involved. And so all of that stuff matters. So there are tactical ways to do this. Let, let, me, let me wrap up with some of these things that we use yes. with organizations. So I'll throw a couple out. You throw a couple out just to kind of give them an idea. We'll, we'll bring it back to where we started. I want to build this great customer experience engine. And I, I want to be a legendary brand. Like, what do you do? Well, one of the things I would say is talk about the big picture and the why. Invite your people and define what winning looks like. Sadly, the minority of companies actually let their people into the game of winning. Um, maybe once a year, maybe once a quarter, we say, oh, hey, here are the numbers, here's how we're doing. Man, your people are asking every day, am I winning? So put together That's a right. basic scorecard and say, here are the top three goals we have for this quarter, for the year, for the, if we're going to hit the year's goal, we got to hit these quarter goals. And not just for the sales organization, like pick a quality measure, pick a pick a customer satisfaction survey goal, pick... Each team, every human somewhere deep down is saying, am I winning? If you don't give them an answer with some sort of score, some sort of report, some sort of shout out, they'll just start making something up or they'll go find another game to play. And um, the metaphor I, was, I used, I literally talked about this yesterday with some of our clients in Charleston. Um, we were talking about this earlier, but the metaphor I use with him is my one of my, my son's getting big into basketball right now. It's one of the sports he's fired up about. It's like, well, this is what it would be like if the basketball coach came in, they ripped all the scoreboards down and they they had an app so the coaches could see how we're doing, but they told the players, like, don't worry about it. You guys just play hard. We'll tell you at the end of the game when time's up and we'll let you know if you won." or, or sadly, maybe it's, we'll tell you at the end of the season, right? Like, Hey, no, play a bunch of games, but that's how I know when you think about it as an athlete, like that drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of businesses are being run uh Mm -hmm. the boss is keeping track of some stuff and like yeah we'll let you guys know at the end of the quarter the end of the year whether you're doing okay like they they want to win give them a dadgum score to chase or they will make one up or they Mm -hmm. will stop trying so Mm -hmm. this really tactical thing of come up with a score and figure out a way to tell your players hey guys this is what winning the game looks like how are we doing That alone, you don't have to shout at them. You don't have to pay them more money. Like this alone will unlock tremendous amount of energy and excitement for some of your employees.
1: That's exactly right. You know, I'm getting ready to do a keynote motivational talk coming up here, Scott, Mm -hmm. for a client of ours. And the group of leaders is gathering together to come up with their goals for the year because we're filming this in January, right? So they're going to come up with their goals for the year, but 80% of goals and strategies will fail because people don't know how to play the game. So when we think about what game are we playing? Okay, so those leaders need to be able to go back and share the goals. What does success look like? What's the score? And then to your point, how do we know if we're winning? Where's the score? How do I check? How do I check on my own and not have to go through you to find out so that I can then use my strengths to volunteer ideas and ways to continue to improve and drive the the goal together. And if you play out, going back to sports, basketball, you have a full year. Where's your halftime report? You know, where's your end of quarter report? Don't wait until the end of the year to say, hey, we did it or no, we didn't.
0: Yes, it's it's so basic and it's so powerful. Um, Okay, so I'll throw on the other end of the coin. Mm -hmm. Talked about leveling up and growth and employees and how they millennials are not just millennials but overwhelm they leave jobs if there's not enough growth in it right this is it's the number one reason why people don't stay. Well, man, sometimes like I don't know, I can't constantly be driving them. I think the most powerful thing we've seen is helping people map out uh, career growth opportunities and then posting and communicating and encourage and then it's like on you, hey, Caitlin. Here are three books you can read here. If you're interested, here's an online course that we'll cover. You know, if you want to apply to get a coach or go to an offsite conference, here's the process. And then you just put and say, hey, if you want to be eligible, so you can't guarantee promotions. I think that's a really dangerous approach, but you can say things like, if you want to be eligible to be one of the people we consider for the next promotion or the next pay raise, or even I've literally seen companies say, hey, you got to do these three things, right? Everyone, if you haven't. Read this book and turn you know, sat and talked to your boss about this book or if you haven't um, done this challenge on the job, take on this new thing or go sit with this team and learn how they do it or sit, you just spell it out and then put the initiative in their court and say, hey, if you want it, here is how you level up. And I've literally seen companies that say like we have a level one. Level two, same job. Now you're a level two performer of the job and level three performer Mm -hmm. of the job. And we'll give you either a tiny little bonus or maybe even just a badge on the company website internal, but you just say, Hey, you can level up and level four people are the people we consider for the next promotion opportunity. And then you just, Mm -hmm. you just write out some, here's the kinds of stuff that we would want you to do. Um, I'll give you a really tactical example at a Chick-fil-A. If you want to be a shift manager, you start as a regular kind of, you know, team member, you work in a register. We're like, actually, we need you to come shadow the opening shift manager at an opening first opening the store in the morning. There's a bunch of extra stuff to do, right? So you Mm -hmm. need to come very early, shadow them. You need to do that three times. They need to sign off that you're good at what you're doing. You also need to get a recommendation from two year employees that I would work for this person. Like, Hey, would you thumbs up Kate? There's no commitment. That if you do all these things, oh, you have to read this book. They usually give them a book by the founder, Truett Cathy, that says, hey, if you haven't read Truett's book, it's a real simple, easy story. And they're like, if you haven't done these three things, well, you're, do you want to be a shift manager? Do these three things, and the next time we have a shift manager opening, then you're eligible to be considered to come open the store instead of just be one of the employees. And there's a mm-hmm. small raise. But then the initiative is on them. You don't have to drive them. You don't just map out what does leveling up look like in the job. Give them options. Many of them can be free. Yes, Mm -hmm. at the higher levels, you might want to invest in your leaders more intentionally or it may cost a little bit, but you show people how they can level up in their job and there'll be a whole other unlock. So those are my two recommendations. Give them a score and Mm -hmm. show them what leveling up looks like. And you might be blown away at who steps up.
1: And yeah, intrinsically. I know, because what is it? I think it's like something around the number of 60 million Americans play games voluntarily. You know, it's funny. I said that in a group and someone's like, well, why else would we play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. But yeah. if you were to then harness some of these game theory ideas and in that description of what does it look like to level up in a role, think about these four player types and put in four things, one for each. Right. And just kind of think about, you have to be all, you accomplish all of these, like a task together with somebody else, you know, but even your thumbs up, like, would someone recommend you if that would suffice as well? I love that idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're not, um, playing Monopoly at work, hoping (laughs) that it gets us better performance, right? There's some fundamental things beneath the games, the reason we play these games. And when we tap into those, we unlock i honestly think what it means to be human i mean this this isn't mm. i mean this isn't a, a niche weird thing that a few gamers are into here's what i would argue games are just one of the ways we express that i see similar stuff in sports fans how they go nuts, mm-hmm. guys, who, mm-hmm. guys who go because they track the winds and the guys who go just to tailgating, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's,
1: the social piece.
0: <laughs> exactly right. And you can think about almost everything we do for entertainment or recreation as humans, and they mm-hmm. all tap into these fundamental drives. If we as leaders learn to tap into who our people already want to be, it gets so much more fun and powerful. Um, getting from your grand vision, if you were just gonna whip them and drive them because the boss said so, man, that is uh that's a rough way to get there. I don't know if you even can't yes. get to greatness at that.
1: I don't think anymore. Mm-hmm. If
0: you want to be a great organization, you've got to tap into the intrinsic power, intrinsic drives of your own folks. You in essence have to turn your business into the most fun game they've ever played.
1: That's exactly right. Well said, Scott.
0: Thanks for spending some time with us on your journey to legendary. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, you may want to sign up for our newsletter. You can do that and learn about all the ways we are helping leaders build legendary brands at swazconsulting.com. That's www.swozconsulting.com. Greatness is possible. You just have to build the right engine.